And thank you so much. Well, first off, good morning. Are we doing well this morning? Thrilled. That's not even a good word for it. Excited. I can't think of a synonym to be honored to be able to be with you here at Northside. I have no words. And usually I say that when I come here to speak here. For those who this is the first time we've met, obviously all the history going back. I think it started back in 2013. And Pastor Bruce invited me back to come to this point to now. And have y'all seen a lot of different seasons go through our life. And I tell you, I know it's by providence. I know it's by God. God's leading, how just God just, I don't know, just place a special place in Northside's heart for us and likewise as well. And so we've definitely honored, obviously, I bring greetings from my family. Uh, the girls are in school. My wife is teaching, so they're not able to travel with me, but, and obviously I'm not traveling much days or anything, but again, I send, I bring their greetings as well. What a privilege, once again, I just feel like the only way to say it is to repeat myself, and as I get ready to preach, I was like over there scrambling because the man just preached, you folks. I mean, I have nothing left. <laughs> I was like, well, there goes that line. <laughs> I was going to sound pretty good, and I said it all. I'm doing it sound like I'm repeating after him, but anyway, your pastor heart, is it just not obvious? Like, doesn't it just flow out? You know, that's pretty amazing. And um, I, I, say t- I say these two things real quick as we, as we look into the scriptures here this morning. Uh, but obviously, uh, Pastor Dan and I, obviously Pastor Bruce, the rest of the elders and different things like that, but especially Pastor Dan and I, I mean, just going back, way going back. When I say way back, I guess, you know, in 10 years or so, I guess it gives us a little bit, we can say way back to some degree. And uh, Lord just places so us. Our, knit our hearts together, just, just in some such a way, and as we kind of contact, even when we're not here and praying for each other and sending each other Marco Polos or whatever it is, do you know what's an overwhelming theme? He loves Northside Baptist Church. That man loves his church. The man, can't, the man is just going to, he's going to show his heart some way, and I guess I say that one thing, but I say a number two thing is, wow, like, I know there's other leadership and there's other different things that are involved. I understand that. I would really stink to be an Aiken at Northside Baptist Church. It'd really stink. Because the Lord's hand is definitely upon this place. And what a thrill it is. And I pray that you just along and say, Lord, let me, as we submit to you, as we go forward for you. I know I'm just an outside voice. I know it's kind of pop in. I said, Dan, I kind of feel when I'm coming in to preach at your church, I feel like I'm just a fun uncle. That's all I really am. But I really enjoy my role. <laughs> I really do. I can't really even say, but I said, with that being said, it's just, I say that with, you know, obviously not just being flippant. I say it with depth of my heart. And I really do pray that God continues to use his place the way that he has. You know, with that being said, I want to jump into the message. And as we look into this matter, obviously, we know what the theme is. It's all about in this a- aspect of steps. And it's interesting because at the beginning of the year, here's what happens a lot of times. There's a lot of focus on New Year's resolutions and different plans that we're going to be having. And a lot of times what will take place is fitness is usually one of the high type, you know, priorities that some people say I'm going to try within the new year. You know, I try to exercise regularly in different times, different things, not necessarily a Boston Marathon run or anything like that, but I do try to get a little bit of a rhythm of trying to exercise. And when I don't, I'm so grateful that I have my Apple Watch. Some of you might do Fitbit or some type of Samsung gear, whatever it is. Because today, as I don't do, don't do it, I make myself feel better by looking at my step count, you know? Like, I can sit there at least at night and be like, you know what? I didn't do a lick of exercise, but 
I did have 3,000 steps. <laughs> you know, like, I did do something today. I'm not a loser <laughs> to some degree. And I remember when I look at these steps, something that I've, not, that I've noticed is typically we look at steps collectively. I went 3,000 steps. I traveled 5,000 steps. It's, but see, I've never really done this. I look at my step count at the end of the day, and I think to myself, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember step 3,800. I was getting out of the car at Walmart, returning the road grocery cart. Oh, it felt so good. I remember that step, right? Like, I don't think about it. Like, it's just kind of like, no, I think of it just collectively, not really individually along the way. But do you realize that if I never took step 3,800, I would have never got step to 5,000? If, if, if I had never taken whatever step that I think to be, well, that's boring. Well, that's so simple. That, 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 that seems to be pointless. It's like many times we get so focused on the cumulative, I'm really going to break my neck, <laughs> the cumulative amount of steps that many times we do not focus on the individual steps that get us to that point. I, I want us to look here. Two verses is what we're looking at. And uh, there's a preacher who came to my church when I was a kid. He was legally blind, played the piano like a master, sang with his wife. And he had been through some serious trials in his life. And he would always say this phrase, and I didn't get it as a kid. He would always say, you know what? And he'd be playing the piano. And he'd say, I tell you, I go through things in my life, but I praise God that vitamin 37 is still in the book. Because vitamin 37 will always be there to encourage my heart. I didn't know what he meant at first, but he was referring to Psalm 37. There's something special about that psalm. It's a psalm of trust. It's a psalm of reliance. It's a psalm of God's protection. In the middle of that, we're going to be looking at two verses. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be looking at Psalm 37, 23 and 24. It's already on the screen up there. But as we're going to go deliberately through these verses, very intentionally through these verses, just to be able to see a couple of thoughts here as we move forward. And I'm going to do something a little bit odd. I'm going to go ahead and save this so there's not an insurance claim made upon the church. <laughs> there we go. Now we're good. <laughs> All right. Psalm 37. We're going to be looking at two verses, verses 23 and 24, right? The Bible says this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. We pray as we begin and look at this together as we move through this passage here together this morning. Lord, I, I borrow Pastor Bruce's introduction to that, but Father, I thank you for who you are and what you've done in my life. Well, I praise you, Lord. I don't want to go through the steps of just preaching a message, giving a sermon, doing my part of what is allocated to me during this time. I want to be used to you. Well, I so thank you. I mean, every word that I said about being an honored and a privilege, and I do, Lord, I pray that the joy of the Lord does flow for me. But, Lord, it comes from a space where I desire to be able to do your will. I pray that you are pleased. Lord, I pray that heaven rejoices, Lord, because, Lord, being submitted to you, Lord, to be able to follow you the way that I should. 
I pray, Lord, for every listener. I thank for the ones who intentionally and purposely have made their way here. I don't know what situation or stage of life. I don't know what thoughts are in their mind. I don't know what clouding them right now. I don't know what it is. But, Lord, I know that your word is sufficient for all of our needs. Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. Lord, you are the one who provides. You are our Jehovah Shalom. You, Lord, you are our peace. Lord, you are our everything. And so, Lord, we are asking that, Lord, for your power, Lord, to be amongst us today. Lord, whatever it looks like for a group of people to be spirit-filled and, Lord, desiring your word in 2024, that's what we're looking for. Whatever it looks like for a guy to be submitted to you, Lord, to be able to do your will in 24, right now, I'm asking for that. Don't help me, God, take over during this time. We want you to be pleased. I pay a byproduct of being pleased that your people are helped, though. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do. For it's in Christ and you pray it all. Amen. It starts in verse 23, and it says, the steps of a good man. Now, keep in mind, Psalm 37, this psalm of trust, we don't know exactly when it was written, most likely when David was escaping from Absalom or from his son or maybe escaping from Saul of asking for God's protection. So when he talks about these steps that he's taken, understand that this is an action that, he's, that is being mentioned. It does not say, I don't want to live here, but it does not say the aspirations of a good man. It doesn't say the good plans of a good man. It doesn't say that. It says the steps. When we stand at the end of time, those who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you stand before God, we all hope to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not well meant. You meant well. I mean, you really did. I mean, you really, we would say it like this in our terminology, you had a good heart. You know, you really, really, your heart was in a good spot. You didn't do anything, but your heart was in a good spot. That doesn't cut it. In this passage, the action step, the action is a step, not the aspirations, not the good plans that we had. As we look at this step, interesting, it's a rhythmic motion that is happening in someone's life. You know, see, um, if you know the story of, uh, in, in the Old Testament about Jericho, Remember the children of Israel, let's just say this is the city of Jericho. Here is what was to take place. They were then to go and march around the city of Jericho, right? It was about a mile or so, depending if you have a low Israel or high Israel view, how many people there were, ranging from half a million to three million, which is a big gap, I understand. But there was a lot of people, right? And so basically, they were getting up every day and marching around this city. It was a rhythm step and action that God had asked them to do. As they did that every single day, bro, I got two kids. It's hard enough to get them out the house and go to church, man. As much, could you imagine getting everybody up for this mile hike that when you got back home, well, that was what we did today. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't too exciting. It wasn't something that was like, man, this is mind blowing. We're, we're seeing difference making things happen. They took a bunch of steps. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And on the seventh time, they're supposed to then yell at the wall. The Bible said they were supposed to shout first. So they're supposed to yell at the wall. So as they're yelling at the wall, after taking all of these steps, their shout signified their faith. They had to believe God was going to then, because shouting was a sign of victory, that God was going to give them the victory even though they did not even see it. 
And so at the seventh time, they shout. They're screaming, victory, victory, even though there's a wall in front of them. Victory, victory. And as they shouted, the walls came down. Interesting, though, is some people, we would do it like this in, in our century. We do this. Well, what's the goal? Take down Jericho. How do we take down Jericho's wall? You've got to walk up there, and you've got to scream in faith. And so we go out the first day and be like, God, bring her down. God, intervene. God, change. No, 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 no. Before they could get to that point, guess what? They had to take a whole lot of steps. They had to go through a lot of rhythmic action every single day. You know, I've had the honor, it's kind of weird actually for somebody to do this, but I've had a teenager come up to me and be like, hey, Adrian, after, when I grow up, I want to do something like you do. You know, like, you know, ever had somebody do that and you're like, oh, that's so cute, kid. You have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> you know, and it's like, like, and then it happened a couple of times. And then I began to realize that some of the kids that came up to me and said that, they really didn't want to really do what I did. They just kind of wanted to do the highlights of what I did. They wanted to preach into a, a football stadiums, right? They wanted to be a speaker at whatever situation they thought was really appealing. Do you know what I told one of them, and this became my answer? Hey, bro, listen to me. Do you know that you see this much of my life? This much. Do you know what the rest of my life is? Steps. Steps. You're good, your hero of the faith. Don Sis was mentioned. Do you know the rest of his life is? Steps. Rhythmic, regular, everyday steps. What's it say? The steps of a good man, keep going, are ordered by the Lord. Okay, so just so you know the context, when it says the steps of a good man, obviously a good man, good woman, this, because of the external context, it's talking about a guy, so it's using a guy in this, in this context as well. The steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. So this past week, yeah. Yeah, Tuesday. My wife and I celebrated our anniversary. We've been married for 14 years, my wife and I. And as we got married, as we got married, one of the things that we love to do is our favorite food of the world. We love sushi. My mama gave us some money. She said, I want y'all to go out in and go get some sushi. When I went to sushi, when I go to the sushi place, I like the rolls that are just stupid. You know what I mean? Like, they bring them to you, and everybody's embarrassed because it's so large and so ridiculous. That's a guy kind of roll. And I ordered the rainbow roll, or whatever the name of the city's roll is, and they bring it in front of me. You know what I did not do at the sushi restaurant? I did not sit down and just say to the lady who was taking our order, I didn't say this, hey, I want some sushi. Can you get me some sushi? You know, like it, it, so you look at me like, well, duh, I mean, of course I have sushi. What do you want? What do you want to order? Ordering shows intentionality. I want a certain thing. So, so keep this in mind. The steps that I have in my life. So Pastor Dan has mentioned so many different steps. Those steps, they've been ordered by the Lord. This just didn't happen. You just didn't happen to be here. It, 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 it just it didn't, whoa, work out, whoa. That flew under God's radar. No, you are here for a reason. I mean, this gets deep because y'all been praying, many of you have been praying for our family. I had to come to this script. It was part of God's order for me that I lose my job. I mean, bro, that's not easy to say. If you know my last two months, <laughs> it's, it's, that's what he ordered for me. 
I've only had one time this ever happened in my life where I went to a restaurant and a pastor ordered for me. My wife was so mad. <laughs> and I remember I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, like he literally ordered. And like this, in this case, it's like, that's not what I was exactly going to get, <laughs> you know? Like, I really wasn't going to do the whole job loss thing, <laughs> you know? Like, I really didn't want to go through the whole Jasmine Hart situation. Like, I really wasn't really, that wasn't really part of what I wanted to order, right, for this to happen to us. Like, but you see, but all these steps that are part of it, guess what? There are some orders. Guess what I have to realize? They're ordered by God. And then I must then submit to his orders. And what? Well, we'll keep on going. We'll see it when it comes to pass. But he says, and he delighteth in his way. So, so it's like, it's not just the matter of that God orders for me and I sit there and go like, what? I delight. I thank him. I rejoice. You know, um, okay. So the story of Shechem and Dinah I, I'm not even going to tell a story because it's rated PG-13. If you want to read it in Scripture, it's in, it's in the Bible. But the reason I'm bringing up that story of Shechem and Dinah is because Shechem looked at Dinah, and it's the same word that's here, of delighteth. What it is, is that story, and again, what Shechem did was wrong, okay? Straight up, no, this is, this, it was disgusting what he did. But I'm pointing out the word, just the, the word, matter of the word choice that is used, Shechem had an inward delight that caused an outward action. He had a desire. It's not that, oh, she's cute. No, she's cute. I'm going to ask her number, (laughs) okay? Like, it causes an action. It's not like, whoa, that looks so good. No, it looks so good. Put it in your mouth, (laughs) you know? It causes an action that I then go about. What you see is it's like, like, so it's a matter of you're taking the steps that are ordered by God. So it's not me putting it in front of God puts these or, this order in front of me, and then I delight. How do I show my delight? By keep on taking the steps that I don't even think I should be taking. <laughs> I continue to trust God <laughs> that he knows best, and his order for me is greater than what I could ever imagine my order to be. He, so he says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I, I do want to say this right before we get to that verse 24, is just that's why I have a hard time, you know, with different statements, you know, like, I'll just use this because I'm talking about jobs. I hate my job. Well, are you out of the will of God? Okay, then that's the discussion to be had. But if you are, and that's a step that God's ordered for your path, if that's what God's ordered for your path, pretty rough to say that you hate what God ordered for you. I can't stand my church. Whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up, buddy. Hold up. Pump the brake. That ordered your steps. This is happening. And he delighteth in his way. What does he say? Oh, hold up, hold up. Though he fall, uh-oh, because we remember the steps that we fall, right? If you've ever fallen, uh, uh, I mean, if you've ever been taking steps, it's inevitable that you're going to fall. You know, I think of it too many times when the, my, my fear of all fears is tripping on the way to the platform. You say, have you done it? Yes, I have. <laughs> it is 
you just don't recover from that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, bro, can you walk? <laughs> you know? Like, at some point when taking steps, you are going to fall. You know, um, some people, some, you know, sometimes we so focus on the fall that we don't think about the benefit that God is teaching us through it. So, so for example, if this is going to sound rough, and I don't want to be judgmental when I say this, so if you don't like the back end of it, just kind of dismiss it and just say, okay, I think I know at least the heart of where he's coming from. And that is this. It's like, if you don't have in your life a time where it's like, oh, I was trying to witness to a friend or to invite somebody to church, and oh, my words got all twisted up. I didn't say the right thing. I was like, I walked away and I thought, there's a hundred one ways I could have done that better. Like, for me, I get up a point. And I'm like, why did I say that? When I was talking to her about Christ, I could have taken the direction, this direction, been a whole lot more of Like, if you've never had witnessing fail stories, then guess what? You probably haven't witnessed. If you don't have the stories of, yeah, I was praying and I fell asleep. <laughs> like, I felt terrible. <laughs> Here I am. I'm praying and I fall asleep. If you don't have that, then it's possible that you've never prayed longer than two minutes. If you don't have the story of, I was reading and I was like, I was reading and I was like, reading, reading. And I was like, really reading. And I got nothing, bro. <laughs> like, like it, then it's possible you've never developed a rhythm. Because within the steps... It don't work out the way you thought, bro. It don't work out. Like, it's like, whoa, I fall. It's a stumble. I don't nail it every single time. But what does it say? Though he fall, it says, he shall not be utterly cast down. That's some pretty strong language. Like, it's not just like, oh, you're going to fall. You're not going to be utterly, like, like that's kind of rough utterly like cast down because sometimes when you fall it's almost like you become failure where it's just kind of like i ain't gonna ever do anything again i try man i try to have a bible reading and i have failed and so do you know what's happened here's a new adult reality that i have learned from my time of preaching to teens and preaching adults on their individualized spaces is this is that adults stop making decisions into their years because they are so fatigued with failure that it's easier not to ever make another decision in their life instead of actually trying. So of course you're not going to make a new Bible reading decision because you failed three times before. Of course you're not going to try to tell Pastor Dan I'm going to be at church every Sunday because you've failed before. You've done it before. You've played that game. And it's like, what he's saying, you're going to fall, bro. If you have that story, welcome to humanity. But if you have fall, you do not have to be utterly cast down. This does not have to be the end of the story. You see, it's just, I can share these stories now because I'm out of the ministry, right? So, and then, and uh, one of those is, and, and I say it because, and I even this morning in the, at the hotel, I practiced it out loud, this very story, to see if it was like, man, Adrian, that sounds too much. <laughs> I practiced it out loud just to make sure it's okay. But I think it's okay. Um, if you do remember this day, please don't remind me. But I, let's just talk about the pulpit ministry, preaching ministry. There's been three times, two times, I know specifically where I was, where when I finished preaching, I spoke to no one and I left the building. My, my daughters, <laughs> uh, again, these, all these insider stories. So, like, you can use your kids as an excuse to pretty much do whatever you need to get done, right? And so I did not teach Jasmine this. Don't you dare look at me. I did not teach her this. But we have been to some church nurseries. This didn't happen here. But we have been to some church nurseries where we drop our kid off, and they're, like, two nice ladies smiling at us, and we come back, and there's two, like, guys coming when we pick them up. 
And I'm like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, like, so we came to the point where like, you know what? We're not really trusting it. Just everybody's nursery everywhere. And so Jeanette Jasmine had this little thing that she used to do, whatever it is. And uh, like I said, don't be looking at me super judgy, you know, and stuff. But she would do this. She'd go like this. <clears throat> I have the asthma. That's what, that's what she would say. And that would be our excuse that we'd be like, we're not going to be staying in your nursery. In fact, we have to go, you know. If we ever felt things were weird and we needed an exit plan, like literally, I never taught her this. Please, I never did. But I never stopped her either. <laughs> I have the asthma, Dad. You know? So we were in a place, so we had to have an excuse to get out. But actually, there's like two or three times, two, the two times I mentioned um, that I preached so terribly. Actually, it, one of them happened here. I remember, I remember it clearly. Just came from the Littlefields' house. They had a pony. You had a pony, didn't you? Like, the kids liked the pony. We ate dinner. We came to church. I can remember Damien was like 14. I can see, I can see everything like right here. I'm like literally standing there. And if anybody who's ever been a public speaker knows this, that sometimes when you're, when you're out speaking, if especially if you're like telling a story, something you're familiar with, you can almost like come outside of yourself and you're listening to yourself and you can have a conversation in your own head, right? While you're actually doing what you're doing. I had a conversation outside of my body the entire time. I could not get it together. I could not. I was like, I'm listening to my own self preach and be like, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, did you even study? What is wrong? Like, literally, the whole... Most people couldn't tell. My wife could tell. Obviously, I was struggling. I was trying to figure out, put thoughts together. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. So terrible. It's only two times in ministry. I let my wife. I'll meet you in the car. Let's go. This one was utterly cast down. Like, what am I thinking? Like, I'm gonna keep doing this. They're like signing up for public humiliation. <laughs> you know, like, you know, saying it's like, hey, guess what? When you take steps, you're gonna fall. Yeah, man, you're gonna fall. But you don't have to be utterly cast down. Why? <laughs> well, look what it says. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Now, here's the question. Because sometimes you're like, oh, well, that means God helps us out. See, I don't know. Sometimes we hear about that. But see, God helping us out is more than just finding our keys, all right? God helping us out can take on us on a level. But the reason why is sometimes we cannot get to that level of God completely upholding him with our hands, where we know there is no, ex- there is no explanation. It is only God who stepped into my story and put this all together. Because we might not have not taken enough steps to put God in that position. We're still on day one of going around Jericho, (laughs) and we need to keep on taking steps because we got to put ourselves in a position where this is God. You know, you know, these, tell the quicks, yeah, we're we're good, we're good, Um, is, I remember clearly starting off in ministry, $36 to my name, getting started, Started single, traveling around, say, Lord, I want to reach as many people as possible. Don't know what it looks like, but Lord, I'm asking you to provide. And this classic story for me was when God showed me this into this verse that has now propelled, even in the season that our family is in right now, then we'll draw this all together in this conclusion after I say this. Is I had, it was a, a Thursday, and I had $8 to my name. This is, I didn't have no credit cards 
Couldn't get a credit card for crying out loud. You know, had no credit card, nothing. Had $8. Didn't want to call my mom and dad. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in Florida. I'm traveling. But I had a meeting coming up that was a Sunday to Wednesday meeting. And uh, for those, most of y'all know how this works. You know, you preach around at the end of the, on Wednesday, at the end of the meeting, they give you this magical envelope. <laughs> and that's how you live. That's kind of how my life has worked. And so you get that, you get that at the end of the week, though. <laughs> it was $8, and I need to get for a week of living at $8, right? So I remember going, and I went to one of the cheapest places you can possibly eat, because I knew had insider tips from other evangelists, and I said, okay, I got to divvy this $8 up. We got to be wise about this. You know, buck doubles at Burger King were still a thing, and I was rocking them, and some Pringles, and then I thought, okay, um, the cheapest place to eat, though, is the hospital. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but it's the hospital. So I went to the hospital to get some breakfast. (laughs) I remember I walked inside, and there was a pastor who recognized me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. My eyes. I was like, I just want to get some breakfast, really cheap breakfast, and move on with my life. And he said, is that you, Brother Adrian? I said, yeah, hey. You know, what are you doing here? Don't worry about it. It ain't important. You know, he said, come over here. Let me buy you breakfast. I said, hallelujah, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we sat down. We had breakfast. And I was like, man, praise the Lord. This is great. <laughs> you know, and, because of that connection, they heard that I was in town. And so a lady in the church called me and said, Adrian, I heard you're already in town. I said, yeah, I'm just kind of hanging out till the meeting starts. She said, I bet you don't get many home-cooked meals. I said, no, ma'am, I don't. And she said, uh, how about this? Every day you drive right by here, and I'll make a little extra dinner. All you have to do every day right here, just drive right by here, pick up the dinner, and then you can keep on going. I said, hallelujah, yes, ma'am, I can do that every day. Literally drive right by there. She had made a little bit extra that whole week. I was like, praise the Lord. I was like, I ain't got to spend nothing. You know, go through that whole week, and there were some other things that happened. In fact, my little magical little, I mean, it was like this little quarter jar I had in the back of my car. That, because, I mean, this was 2008, baby. I mean, gas was going crazy, right? And I was like, every single guy who put like $7.32, that was probably me. Because I like literally went inside counting out the chains, you know? putting inside, went through the whole week, got to the end of the week, you know, they gave me that magical envelope, <laughs> you know, after they gave it to me, I went back, to, and some friends came out and said, hey, let's go out to eat, and I said, it's great, let's, let's all go, I could go now, right, and so I, I went out, and I remember we all sat down, and the whole point of this was I got to the, to the end, and I pulled out my wallet, and when I pulled out my wallet to pay, there was $8 still in my wallet, you know, God provided everything I needed, you know, you know what it is? The Lord upholded him with his hand. It just don't happen on the front end, baby. You got to take some steps. And you take some steps that are so much like this that are ordered by God where it's like, ha, ah, ha, ah, ah. I'm not going to lie. That's Adrian now because even in the season, but I'm going through a briar patch, right? And it's like, you go, ha, ha. But you realize, you know what? The Lord upholded him with his hand. God is faithful. So I say this in conclusion. I go through this entire aspect about where you take your next step. So let's go ahead and practicalize it. Practicalize it. That's a word. <laughs> practicalize this entire aspect to be move on. Is here is what my encouragement is. Whatever step that God has ordered for you now, it's time. As Pastor Dan has eloquently already placed up all the different ways of getting ready to take our very next step. Whether he's mentioned baptism, witnessing, Bible time, giving, worship, church attendance, whatever that step then be. I 
just pray that we would have the boldness and the trust in the Lord to make that action step that he leads in our life. But there's no way, because oh, he said it well, and this is where you really were preaching my message there already, Pastor, and that was the fact of, I don't know many of you inside this room, just some of you, this is the first time you're seeing, but I can tell you, if you don't know Jesus, I can tell you your next step is Jesus. It ain't a new job. It's not a new job. It's not new friends. It is not a better community. It is not higher wages. Your next step is that you have a debt that you cannot pay that you need to be aware of. It's a debt that we all have in this room. It's because every time when I was born a sinner, I am just chalking up. I am a debtor because of sin. I owe, and that balance of sin will be paid, my friend. And it doesn't matter what kind of job you have when you got to send that on your head. It doesn't matter how awesome you think you are at whatever career you are applying yourself in if you still have that debt of sin upon you. And the realization that many of you have is that you know you've done wrong, and yet you've kind of fluffed it off as nobody's perfect, everyone has their issues, nobody's problem. Yet you are right. We do have all of our issues, but we know who to take our issues to. And if you choose to carry your own sin, if you choose to bear your own weight, then guess what? At the end of time, you will then pay. It's called death, which is a fancy word for separation from God. For all the eternity. Layman's turn, people say hell like a fire. But I thank God the reason why there's a message of hope, the reason why that I believe as an evangelist that God has given me the amazing opportunity is that I get to be able to go and take to the word of God and say Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That I get to be able to then share that, you know what? I realize how broken and how sinful I am. But in my brokenness, Jesus Christ created a divine conspiracy that he, God wanted me to be with him. And so therefore, he took himself and stuffed himself in a human body called Jesus Christ. And stuffing himself in that human body, he came and lived on this earth. And do you know what he did? He took the sin of all of mankind and he paid the punishment for that sin. A debt I could never pay. There's not a good enough works I could do. There's no way I could live 50 million lifetimes to be able to remove myself of that debt. But he did. Because he came and he died. And he was buried and he rose again, proving he was greater than the thing that we all fear called death itself. And that's then he then created a way. And he says this, there's really, you can't be good enough, bro. But your next step, if you believe in me by faith, that I died and was buried and rose again from your sin. You can be saved from your sin. And there is no step greater than believing on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sin. Christian, I don't know what your next step would be, but, you know, i reminded of my brother who went out one day, and 
um, I was in college, and somebody said, hey, you want to go paintballing? I heard paintballs hurt, so I said no. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go paintballing. My brother said, I'm going to go. And I said, all right, you go ahead and go. He came back a little while later, and I said, so how did it go? He's over there, and because people, when they come back from paintball, they're like, look at this whelp, look at this whelp, look at my neck. And I'm like, I, got, I can play Zelda, man. I ain't got to do all that. I, I, I get some exciting things. You do you, 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 do you, right? And so Aaron came back, and he said, look, Adrian, look, I didn't get hit at all. I didn't get nothing to touch me. And it intrigued me because I thought, man, that's pretty cool. And I said, so what would you do? Oh, he said, man, as soon as they blew the whistle, I like ran, looked for a place. It was dark, and I hid behind this tree. I said, what did you do after that? I just stayed there behind that tree. <laughs> so you just stood the whole time. You just stood. Yeah, I just stood behind that tree. Okay. Okay. You know, you know, you know it sounds silly, but do you know what? He never got hurt. He never did. He never got shot. Nothing ever happened. He is still behind that tree. There's some. You stand right behind the tree. I, I'm, not, I'm not really doing anything in church, but I don't get hurt. Nobody bothers me. You know? I'm not really involved, but I'm just kind of here. You know what's interesting? Aaron never accomplished anything by standing behind a tree. It is time for the outliers to take their step. Say, so you know what, I'm, I'm going to do something for his kingdom. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes together? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighted in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord upholded him with his hand. God, I thank you for the Bible. God, I thank you for the folks that have gathered here on this Sunday morning. Lord, I don't take it for granted, Lord. I thank you for this new year, time of reflection for us to think. And I pray that you would allow us, Lord, to think deeply about what you are asking us to do. Lord, to be wise about what our next step would be. Lord, help us not to dismiss what we know we should not dismiss of what our next step would be. Across this building, so many steps need to be taken. Pray, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified by what takes place in this room. And, Lord, I do make a plea that there not be an aching in the house that's holding back what God wants to do on this place. Lord, we could just be looking at level two of five levels of what you want to do here at Northside. And I pray, Lord, that it will be all hands on deck to go forward in the steps, Lord, as, they, as the leadership goes forward in this ministry. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Pastor Dan, you can get ready to come up in just a second, but I just want to make this invitation to you. And it's a, this is just an invitation. It's just, a, uh, just like it sounds. It's just kind of like, dude, it's up to you. I'm not going to make anybody do it. But, like, I'm just saying this. Like, I care very deeply about the matter of the gospel. That's why I took the time at the end to make sure you understood that Jesus Christ died for your sin and was buried and rose again. Now, I know that many of you do not know me, but with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to just make my way to the back of the auditorium. I'm just going to take my microphone off. And as I do, if... I'm just saying, if, 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 I mean, I'm not making you, but if, you, if there'd be a question about it, it'd be my honor. Just know, it'd be my honor for us to go and sit in maybe pastor's office or somewhere like that if there's any question of what it means to be safe from your sin. I mean, maybe you feel comfortable with Pastor Dan, so maybe find him after the end of the service, but I just want to make sure you have to know the invitation that, bro, I, I, I do like to catch up with people. I do like talking, but there is nothing greater than helping, by God's grace, be able to point you in the next step if you need to be able to understand and know who Jesus Christ is and how he can save you from your sin. 
Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Pastor Dan, you can come close things as you see fit, brother.